You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Have you gone after Jesus? Have you gone after Jesus? Today, on Words of Encouragement. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. I have entitled this sermon, Have You Gone After Jesus? Not in order of appearance, but going after Jesus. Have you gone after Jesus? There are people in our world today, and it is becoming more apparent that the people of God are being attacked And I think I remember Jesus saying, don't be surprised, don't be shocked when this happens. Uh, They may be attacking you, but truly, what is happening? They're, They're attacking Jesus, they're attacking God, they're not for Him. They're annoyed that the way God has things set up is not the way they want to live in this world. And so you have people that, when they run up against any kind of opposition... Oh, they just don't like it, and they will fight it. They will fight against it. Uh, Entitling this, Have You Gone After Jesus? Some people today go after Jesus, and they go after to attack Him. Some are put out. Now listen to this very closely. Some are so put out with Jesus because they watch His followers, and all they see are protesting people who condemn others and seem very self-righteous and judgmental. And so when America, when people in other countries watch and observe Christians, and it seems to be in America more so than in other countries, but when others watch and see Christians protesting angrily, condemning others, seemingly self-righteous, and being very judgmental. Nobody wants to be around people like that. Uh, And I'm not saying you cannot speak out with the truth of God through the gospel. Now, please do not mishear me. I had a conversation with some people yesterday whom I thought, well, that was probably not a good conversation, I guess. But I brought it up with them thinking they would understand. But obviously face-to-face is better than texting back and forth. Uh, But it's amazing how that, that we as Christians must remember who we represent when we interact in the world. Yes, we can be in opposition to the world. Yes, we must be in opposition to the world. But it doesn't mean we step down to the world's level and fight them in that way. It means we show them the love of Christ no matter what. It means we stand up for Jesus and we stand up for His love and we show that love. And, they, and when the world looks at His followers and, and, and one has to wonder what's going on with these Christians... They just seem so judgmental, something's wrong. Then they, they will attack us, but in reality they're attacking Jesus. But we have got to watch ourselves so that we reflect Christ. Other people who go after Jesus go after Him in order to learn more about Him. 
They want to be like Him. They go after Jesus because they want to know who He is. They want to have a relationship with Him in such a way that He rubs off on them. Now, when you were growing up, uh, you may have heard this phrase, you are or you become who you hang around with. In other words, peer pressure. You know, you are who you hang around with and you're hanging around with quote, the wrong people, well then, yeah, you're going to be lumped in with those people and you're probably going to carry out acts that they do because you're hanging around with them. And all of us long for acceptance in this life. All of us want to know that somebody out there accepts us for who we are and loves us. We all want that. And so sometimes we go down the wrong path in order to get that. But if you are one who is going after Jesus in order to be like Him and allowing Him to rub off on you and influence your actions and your words, then let me tell you, that's where you need to be. That's what you need to be doing. The, some people long to be like Christ. They go after Jesus because they want to be used by God as a vessel of His love for all people. Let's stand together for the reading of the scripture, if you will, if you'll join me in standing. And in John chapter 12, verses 12 through 18, we find these words. On the next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it, and as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. These things his disciples did not understand at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things to him. So the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify about him. For this reason also the people went and met him because they had heard that he had performed this sign or this miracle. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. I invite you to be seated. Well, the first thing I want us to see, and we're looking at verse 19 today, out of this entire passage. I didn't read verse 19, but I am about to. But we will look at this verse. It's something that stuck out when I was reading this passage because we've looked at what happened here. Jesus coming into Jerusalem, it was a very big deal to those who had heard about Lazarus. They'd heard that he'd been raised from the dead. Oh my goodness, this is somebody. This person who did this is somebody. We need to know him. We need to revere him. In fact, some of the people understood uh, to the best of their ability who this guy was. He's the Messiah. He's the king. He, he's the king of Israel. It's him. It's him. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so they're excited about this. But there are always some 
who just aren't as happy as others. Have you found that to be true? You can find a whole, I mean, people getting excited about something. And these days, I guess it seems that the naysayers are, feel the more, more freedom to share their naivety. They love to share their negativity. They love to point out, well, that's not how I see it. Well, I just don't think that's true. Well, oh, well, you know what? I bet that's just, you know, all about, ah, you know, there's always somebody that seems to pop up out of nowhere to pop your balloon of joy. And it's like, now, come on. Why do we have to have that? Now, sometimes it's a voice of reality, and that's okay. I can accept that if it's a voice of reality. But if it's just a naysayer, it gets annoying, <laughs> and you don't want to hear that. Well, look at this. The, the Pharisees did not believe in Jesus as the Messiah. So first, well, wait a minute. Who are the Pharisees? They got their start from a group called the Hasidians. Hasidians, there we go. The Hasidians whose fundamental principle was complete separation from non-Jewish elements, were the strictly legal party among the Jews. They were ultimately the more popular and influential party. Okay? So they anything that was non-Jewish, well, no, 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 we don't do that. All right? And they were very legalistic about it. Uh, in their zeal for the law, they almost deified it. Did you hear that? What does that mean? They, they, they glorified the law. They almost worshipped the law. They held the law higher almost than God himself. Something's wrong there. Okay, I want you to understand that. That's not the way we should be. But in their zeal for the law, they almost deified it. And their attitude became merely external, formal, and mechanical. They laid stress not upon the righteousness of an action, but upon its formal correctness. Their opposition to Christ was inevitable. His manner of life and teaching was essentially a condemnation of theirs. Oh my! Well, you know, oh, whoa, now wait a minute. Uh, we're following the law, you know, the law, the law, the law, the law. And Jesus says, follow me. Come, follow me. Oh, that just bothered them. The Pharisees, not all of them agreed on who Jesus was. Now, some of them, some of them saw him. Some of them, uh, there was a movie that came out years ago, uh, and it took 50 million years later for the second one to come out, uh, Avatar. But in that movie, one of, the, one of the characters puts his hand on the other's face and says these words, I see you. Wow. It was just a very powerful moment. I see you. In other words, you matter. I see you. I, 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 I'm recognizing you as a person. Well, not as a person. They were aliens in this thing. But anyway. But it was a recognition of their existence. And it was a very personal moment. I see you. I see you. And I thought, boy, that is amazing. Um, but in that, just there, there, there are some who, who did understand who Jesus was. There were some who got it. Remember, remember Nicodemus? Remember him? He was a Pharisee, he, and he, he grasped who Jesus... What, what do I need to do to be saved? What, what, what do I need to do? 
I want to have this. He came to Jesus at night time because it was, he was scared. He'd come out in public, everybody see him. Oh, look, what is he doing with Jesus? But here he was at night saying, I, I believe, I, I believe, I believe in you. I want to believe, I believe. So here are these Pharisees. Many of them do not see Jesus as being one of them. Many of them do not see Jesus as the Messiah, but some get it. Notice up in verse 13, the, the, the word of praise, Hosanna, Hosanna. At the festival of shelters or booths, I'll never forget when we were sitting at lunch when I was little. And my dad would always ask me the question, ask my brother too, what did you learn in Sunday school? Well, we got by several Sundays in a row by saying, well, we learned about Jesus. <laughs> we thought, Jesus is the answer, you know? I mean, he's always the answer. So, and we got by. Well, after a while, my dad thought, you know what? I need to know more. Well, what did you learn about Jesus? Oh, wow. So one Sunday, we were sitting there at lunch, and my dad said, what did you learn in Sunday school? And my brother said, we learned about booths. Booths? My mom said, like a telephone booth? And he said, no, booths. And we were like, huh? And there was this, uh, there, there's a festival of shelters or the festival of booths. And in this festival, the, the, the children of Israel remembered a time where they were temporarily displaced. And they had these shelters, the, the, the best they had, and, 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 and this is what this is about. But my, my brother, that's what it was called, the Festival of Booths. And my, my parents were like, Booths? I don't get it. Uh, and, and, and so he explained it. But at this festival, there was a, the temple, the, there was a temple choir, a temporary temple choir, would sing the Hallel every morning. And, and when they reached the part where they sang Hosanna, well, let, let me just, I'm not going to sing it because I don't know how they sang it. I don't know the tune, okay? But I'm going to share with you the words uh, is from Psalms. Uh, oh, Lord, do save, we beseech you. Oh, Lord, we beseech you, do send prosperity. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Whoa, the people would wave uh, the branches of willow and, and myrtle uh, tied with palm, and they'd repeat, they'd repeat that cry three times, they would say that. So this was connected in the minds of the people with the palm branches and a very natural thing to do when, they, when many believed that their conquering king was coming. And so this is an exciting day for them. They're saying this and they mean this. This is the conquering king. He is the one. The Hallel Psalms were used in Sabbath worship at festivals, including the Passover celebration, which at this point in Jesus' life is just a week away here. This, pray, this praise, this Hosanna shouting was most disturbing to the Pharisees who did not believe that Jesus is, is the Messiah. So you've got these people saying, oh yeah, it's him, this is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees, oh no, 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 this is not him. You people don't get it. You, this is not him, the Pharisees say. You know, they, they're, they're trying to, they've been trying to get Jesus out of the people's minds for a long time. 
And yet here they are. Oh, this is him. He's the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This disturbed the Pharisees to their core. There are many, even today, who do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They simply do not see a need for him in their lives. This is a crucial matter. Is he the Messiah? Is he the one who comes in the name of the Lord? Or is he not? This is a question that you and I must answer for ourselves. We must decide who is this Jesus. Is he or is he not the Messiah? If he is, his death on the cross opened up the doors to heaven and the forgiveness of sins to all who will trust in him. I mean, if he is the Messiah, our sins can be forgiven. We can go to heaven. That's a big deal. But if he's not the Messiah, there is no hope. And what are you people doing here this morning? I mean, if he is not the Messiah, there's no need for us to gather together. There's no need for us to sing praises to his name. There is no need for us to call ourselves Christians. There's no need for us to do anything other than what we want to do. And the world is living like that because they do not see Jesus as Messiah. But you, I pray, see him as Messiah. And because you do, you gather into a place, a building like this, on a regular basis and you worship him. Because he is the Messiah. But this is crucial. This is crucial. If he is Messiah, then his death, his burial, his resurrection is proof of God's love for all of mankind. If he is Messiah, do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah? That's my first question. Do you believe that he is the Messiah? The Pharisees then went after Jesus. Look at the second part of verse 19. Let's, let's back up and let's read the first and the second part. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are not doing any good. Hmm. You see that you are not doing any good. They point out that all they have done has not worked. They've tried They've tried to get the people to not listen to Jesus. They've tried to catch Jesus in some kind of misspeaking situation. You know, I, oh, <laughs> I think we have one of the most amazing uh, media, let's see, the amazing media outlets in, in the world today. It's incredible. They sit and they listen so closely and if you misspeak, well then, ba-boom, it's all over the news. And they make fun of you, and everybody laughs, and it's so funny. And it's just, But they listen so closely. That's what these Pharisees were doing. They were listening to Jesus, trying to catch him in some kind of trick. How can we trick him, or how can he mess up that we can catch him, and then say, ha-ha, that's not the Messiah, see? Look at what he said. Listen, did you hear what he said? Ah, he's not the Messiah. So what did they do? What exactly did they do to go after Jesus? Scripture tells us they had people watching him all the time, tracing his every move. They, at all times, they knew where Jesus was. Now, you think about that. Our Brother Craig, our government knows where each one of us is all the time. Yeah, 
But you know why? Because they have electronic surveillance. Back in this day, no electronic surveillance. It was a person who knew a person who knew a person who reported to a person who reported to a person who reported to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees themselves, if they were out and about, they were, wa- they were watching. They knew what was happening. They knew where Jesus was. They kept tabs on him, okay? And they were just waiting to catch him, constantly trying to catch him. Something that he said, something that he did. If they could just catch him, maybe appearing to be against Rome, oh yeah, then they'd really have him. They could move him out of the minds of the people. They could point to him and say, look at what he did. He's against Rome, and he needs to be taken care of. So obviously he's not the Messiah. Somehow he's he's just not the Messiah. They once asked him, is it lawful to pay taxes to Rome? Now, this is something the Jews didn't want to do, but it was the law, so they had to do. And so they understood that they had to follow the law. So they did what they had to do. Well, they asked him, is it lawful to pay taxes to Rome? Listen to this from Mark's gospel. Then they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to him in order to trap him in a statement. (laughs) Ha ha, yeah, they're going to trap him, they think. They came and said to him, teacher, we know that you are truthful and defer to no one. Oh, they're building it up. For you are not partial to any, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay a poll tax to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a Daenerys to look at. They brought one. And he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were amazed at him, the Bible says. (laughs) I love it. They were amazed. They were like, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. He's going to say, oh, be against Rome. You don't have to pay this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but then he said what he said. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. Ah, They thought they could catch him, say not to pay taxes and speak against Rome, but they were unsuccessful. They continued to be unsuccessful. Even today, there are people who are no longer silent in their opposition to Jesus. There was a time when to each his own and no one really seemed to bother Christians. They let, you know, hey, let Christians be. Let them be because of what they believe, they believe, you know. And there was a long time, a long time period where you had people saying, well, I'm glad that Jesus stuff works for you. Glad it works for you. You know, I've got this and it works for me. You know, I love the trees. I worship trees. It works for me. Wow. Okay. But uh, I'm glad that Jesus stuff works for you. There was a time when that was, you know, it was like, you know, everybody was kind of, oh, yeah, whatever. Coexist. Everybody believes whatever they believe, and it's all the same. Jesus doesn't stand out or over or above anything else. It's, all, it's just one of the many. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jesus always stands out, always stands above every other. He always does. But there are people today 
that now with changes in our society and so many sins being looked upon as okay, our world seems suddenly offended that Christians disagree. And I think, I wonder about that. I think, well, my goodness, why don't they just let us be? Why don't they, you know, if we disagree, well, isn't, don't we have a right to disagree? I mean, we used to, there was a, used to, we could disagree with each other and still get along in the world. Used to, there was a time, but now evidently we, we just can't do that. I don't know why, but suddenly, it, well, well, then if you just don't see the eye on this, I, I'm just so sorry. You know, I can't talk to you, I can't be your friend, don't want to even look at you, don't want to be near you, uh, you're just weird. Well, my goodness, my goodness, what's up with this world? I don't know. The tolerance of others now must include tolerating their sin. When Christians speak out against sin, they're now seen as being intolerant of an individual and not only of sin. When Christians speak out on sin, we must do it in love. Notice I didn't say we don't speak out against sin. But when we do, we do it in love. The truth must be shared in love. A spirit of love. We must share with people, yes, I, I, yes, this is sin. I don't agree with this. I don't run with this. I, I don't do it because I feel, the Bible teaches this is a sin. And the Bible is what I follow. And so, I, help me. I mean, we, have, we could all benefit from learning communi- good communication skills when it comes to talking to others about what sin is. We could all benefit in being able to share the love of Christ with others in a loving way. It would be awesome if we would all learn to do that better. But when, we, when some Christians speak out against sin, they do it in such a cruel and hateful way that it's not going to be received well. That's the problem that I have. Yes, you can be against sin, but if you're against sin in such a way that just obliterates the person and doesn't respect them as a fellow human being on this earth, something's wrong. Something is wrong. We've got to acknowledge that they are a person made in the image of God just like we are. Having, ha- have people tried to persuade you against believing Jesus is Messiah? Have there been people that have been, have you come across that? Many of us haven't. Many of us haven't. But these Pharisees were trying really hard in their day. And there are people today, I, I, I still say I have a friend of mine from, uh, from high school who just really tried to persuade me to, that I was in some kind of cult of Christianity. I was like, cult? He said, you don't, he said you, you, you'll see it one day. You'll understand. I thought, oh my goodness, Really? I believe, I believe what the Bible teaches. I just have to. I mean, this, uh, this is what I have. It's what I have. It's what God has spoken to me. I can't overlook it. I can't walk away from it. But there may be people who try to persuade you that you're crazy for believing in Jesus as the Messiah. Well, the last thing, the Pharisees could not stop people from following Jesus. Look at the last part of verse 19. It's, uh, uh, let's read the whole verse. Uh, so the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are not doing any good. Everything we've tried hasn't worked. Look, the world has gone after him. Now, did they mean every single person in the world had gone after him? No, they don't mean that. They were exaggerating. But what they were saying was way too many people are following him. <laughs> way too many. Look, everybody, it just seems like everybody here. It just seems like the whole world's going after Jesus. Look at this. They're following him. What is the deal here? 
The smaller Judean crowd that had seen him raise Lazarus reported that he had done this sign, this miracle, prompting the larger Galilean crowd visiting in Jerusalem to go out and hail him as conqueror of death and as the newfound king. This convergence, this, this mixing of enthusiasm by those from the north and the south convinced the Pharisees that everything they'd done had just come to nothing. They had lamented in a, in a very ironic way, the world's gone after him. The world's gone after him. Oh, that the world would go after Jesus. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, that the world would wake up and, and have its eyes open and see that the only hope they have is Jesus, the Christ. Oh, that people would wake up today and realize Jesus is the answer to this world today. Oh, that the world would grasp that fact. But how are they going to know about Jesus? Yeah, it's up to you and it's up to me. We've been given the task. When Jesus left the earth, he gave the task to those who follow him. You are to go. You are to go and to make disciples and baptize them in my name. You, you hold the gospel in your hearts and in your hands. Go and share. The word gone here is very important. The world has gone after him. Not only does it mean to follow after, it carries with it the meaning to leave a place to become an adherent of someone. So it's not like, oh, there goes Jesus, we'll just follow him. No, it's, oh no, I'm following him for instruction and guidance in my life. I'm attaching myself to this one I am following. That's what it means. And that's what these Pharisees say. Look, the world has gone after him. They're just attached. They've attached themselves to Jesus. Oh, wish they could see the truth. Wish they'd get a clue. That's not the Messiah. Oh, oh, but those following, those knew. They know. They know. Who were these people? That were, who, who, who were these people leaving? They were leaving the influence and the teachings of the Pharisees. That's who they were leaving. Who were they following? They were following Jesus. Yes, some would turn against him in the days to come and say, crucify him, crucify him. But some would believe. Some would trust in the Messiah. Some would follow his teachings for life. Are you one who goes after Jesus? Are you one who follows after him? It is one thing to know facts about him. It is another thing to gnosko him. Preacher speaking in tongues? <laughs> it's a known tongue. And it's the word know in Greek. And it's the word that means know through experience. Gnosko. It's a good word to know. Gnosko. To know through experience. So do you Gnosko Jesus. Do you know him through an experience with him? Or do you just know about him? Oh, I just learned about Jesus, yeah, when I was little, and I learned about how he was born in a manger, and, and, and then and he grew up, and he did miracles, and then he died on a cross, and, and, but he was raised to life because God raised him from the dead, and now he's in heaven. And, and you, can you, you could probably tell people 
about this Jesus because you know facts about him. But do you gnosko him? Do you know him through experience? Have you had experience and experience, a life-changing experience with Jesus himself? Has he changed your heart? Do you see the world differently because you know him? Do you speak differently because you know him? Do you act and react differently because you know him? You gnosko him. Know him through experience. Do you know, do you long to know him through experiencing him? Or do you, are you just satisfied with what you know about him? Yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, I know, I know of Jesus. You know, I know of Taylor Swift. I know of Cary Grant. I don't know him through experience. I don't know her through, I've never talked to either one of them. I don't have a day-to-day relationship with them. I don't even know, I don't know. I don't know them. I know what they write about them, but I don't know them. We can know about Jesus, but we need to know him through experience. If you know him through a life-changing experience, then nothing should be able to stop you from following him. Nothing should be able to stop you from following him. Look, the world has gone after him. These Pharisees, these were the religious leaders, the Pharisees. These were the religious leaders saying, that's not the Messiah, that's not the Messiah. He's coming, he's coming. You don't follow him, don't follow him. These were religious leaders, these people. Oh, these are religious, they're telling me that. No. No, they knew him through experience and it changed their life. And they wanted to follow him. Where are you? Are you going after Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah? Have there been people who have said, no, you don't need to follow that. That's a bunch of malarkey. That's a bunch of stuff that somebody made up in a back room. Some committee got together and put that Bible together. Some people, somebody had to have some kind of crutch for us to fall on, to lean on. Some, something to help us when we can't understand things. We just say, oh, well, it's, uh, it's, it's God. No. Is that, is that how you view... Is, is, are people doing that? Are people saying stuff like that? I hope not. Not in the South, at least. Please, not in the South, where we have, <laughs> where we have banks that close on Good Friday. <laughs> and did you know that in the North, a lot of places, they don't, they don't observe that? Interesting. Interesting. Are you one who goes after Jesus? Are you one who goes after him? I want you to check I want you to check your heart. I want you to think about that. I want you to think, are you one who goes after Jesus? Because if you are, what does that mean? That means you're going to spend time with him. That means you're going to open up his word and you're going to you're going to read it. You're going to ask God for his holy spirit to guide you as you read the words of scripture and God is going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you, and you're going to walk with him daily. Oh, man, that we would have a day-to-day relationship with him. There are Pharisees in our world. There are some who just, boy, they're out there, and they're trying. They they may even look like religious leaders, and they may be pulling you away from doing what is right. They may pull you off to the side and say, well, you 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 just need to be straight up in people's faces and tell them. You know, just walk up to some random person, tell them that they're going to hell because they need Jesus. You know, and if they get Jesus in their heart, they'll, they'll turn around. There will be people that will push you to do that. You follow Jesus. If the Lord is leading you, by all means, if he's leading you to say that and do that, you better do it. But if he's not, then you better not. 
We have got to follow Jesus. We've got to do what He wants us to do. We've got to allow Him to be in charge of our lives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You. I thank You that when You came into that city of Jerusalem on that day, You rode in on a donkey just as the prophecy said You would. And Father, You rode in and You were praised, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And and the people were excited about Your Son coming into Jerusalem. And it was a great day, a big day. And then there were the negatives the Pharisees, the religious leaders saying, oh boy, everything we tried, we couldn't stop it. And now the world's gone after him. Father, may that be the truth. Lord, may we have people who are longing, who are going after your son, not to attack him, but to be like him. Lord, maybe, maybe there's somebody here this morning that is thinking, you know what, I know about Jesus. I've been taught about who He is. I can tell you who He is. But, but they don't know you. They don't know your Son. Father, maybe today somebody needs to give their heart to Jesus. Maybe today someone needs to experience the life-changing power of the gospel. Maybe you need to come. Maybe, maybe to, today is the day that you need to come and give your heart to Him. Maybe you're here today and you think, you know what, I know friends. I have friends and family who need to know Jesus. They know about Him, but they need to know Him. Would you take some time to pray for them? Please do not give up. I've heard too many stories about people who have prayed for years and years, even up to 40 years for someone to come to Christ, and they finally do. Never give up. Continue to pray. Father, we thank You for Your great love for us. We thank You for the sending of Your Son, Jesus who lived a perfect life, a sinless life, who died on a cruel cross, who was buried in in a borrowed tomb. He didn't need it very long. And then you raised him to walk in newness of life, a new new body, a a glorified body. Father, we thank you. We thank you for making it possible for our sins to be forgiven for us to walk with you, for us to turn away from that sin and to follow you. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Uh, For more information, you can go to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. And if you're listening to this before Easter, happy Easter. Uh, And I hope that you had a great Easter Sunday. If you are listening to this uh, before Easter, I pray that you'll find a place to worship the risen Savior. For more information, as I've said before, go to fbcwinsboro.com. And if you have any questions, please contact us. We'd be more than willing to engage with you, talk with you, uh, hope to try to answer any questions you may have. Uh, But we're here for you because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement. Until next time, may the Lord be with you, and may you be with the Lord.